You're listening to the City Church Tallahassee podcast. For more information about City Church, please visit us online at citychurchtallahassee.com. Good morning. I'm excited about Easter. I don't know about you guys, but um, that really pumps me up. I look forward to it every year. I'm so excited I decided to wear a t-shirt about it. I'm also excited about Vision Night tonight at 6 p.m., and I hope you're going to be able to be there as well as we share some updates on our building and and some exciting things that have been going on in different ministries here at the church, and uh, we're just so thankful uh, for the way God is is working in this church. And so we continue this morning with a series that we've been on for a few weeks called Tensions, and this is really looking at the tension between the values that we have as followers of Jesus and the values of our culture and how those values often come into tension with one another. So this morning, we're actually looking at a tension of busyness, busyness, not business, busyness, although they can sometimes be one and the same. Uh, We're going to be looking at a couple of ladies in Scripture uh, that really illustrate this tension, Mary and Martha, and that's from uh, Luke chapter 10. So we're going to be looking at Luke 10. It's a fairly short passage um, beginning in verse 38, um, and we'll be going through verse 42. And so as we look at verse 38, it says, while they were traveling, this is Jesus with his disciples, he entered a village, meaning Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, who are these ladies, Mary and Martha? We, we find a little bit of information about them here. We also see them again in John chapter 11. And this is where we find out not only are they sisters, but their brother is Lazarus, who in John 11, ra- Jesus raises him from the dead. We also find that Uh, These sisters live in a little town just outside of Jerusalem called Bethany. And so as we look at this particular passage, we see a kind of a snapshot of these two ladies, Martha and Mary. So who are they? Some of the characteristics you can see are Martha is task-oriented. She's responsible. She's organized. And she's very hospitable. Mary is is people-oriented. She's focused, and she's very teachable. Now, when you look at these characteristics of these two ladies, you find that there's nothing wrong with either one of them. All of these characteristics are very good characteristics. So, as we take a deeper dive and look at these two ladies, we're going to look at Martha first. I mean, what is going on here? If we see the characteristics of these two ladies that we just talked about and showed on the screen, Why is Jesus rebuking Martha in this passage? I mean, isn't she doing the right thing by welcoming a guest into her home? Now, remember, on top of that, Martha is hosting God in the flesh. Can you imagine? This is what Martha's doing. So many of you out here are Martha's. You completely identify with her. 
What is wrong with Mary? Why doesn't she get with a program and help me out? Why is her lazy butt sitting on the floor while I'm doing all the work? All right, you can just imagine many of you out here, that's, that's what you're thinking. Martha's actually doing what any sensible and hospitable Jewish woman would do for a guest, especially this special of a guest. She's busy getting everything ready and serving Jesus as best she can. Perhaps her intent is a labor of love as she scurries around the house to make everything perfect for Jesus' visit. There's nothing wrong with what Martha is doing. We can learn a lot from her work ethic and her desire to make things as comfortable as possible for her guests. Martha is doing a lot for Jesus. Maybe you are running as hard as you can, doing a lot for Jesus. You might even be exhausted from the pace you are keeping to do what you believe needs to be done to honor him. Perhaps you're even looking over your shoulder at others wondering why they aren't doing enough for him. You begin to feel like Martha, that all the Marys out there are lazy and, and they're not shouldering their load for the kingdom of God. Your approach could either be a labor of love or simply resemble a hamster on a wheel. In other words, you are doing things for God in the belief that somehow that will resort in a reward from God by your prayer being answered, by God accepting you, or maybe overlooking what you did last weekend. There are lots of different reasons why people do things for God. So we've kind of take a look at Mar Martha for a second. What about Mary? What is she doing that's so commendable by Jesus? If Martha was rebuked, Mary is actually commended in this passage. It appears as if she's letting her sister do all the work while she just sits there. This is obviously the way Martha saw her actions. So the text describes Mary as sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. David Garland's commentary on Luke describes to sit at one's feet means to become a disciple of someone. Paul describes himself in the same way in Acts chapter 22 that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. In other words, he was discipled, he was trained, he learned from Gamaliel. Mary was allowing herself to be in a position that focused on what Jesus had to say in order to learn from him. I don't think Mary was oblivious to all that her busybody sister Martha was doing. I believe she was looking at a couple of options. Option number one, be the hospitable host alongside her sister. Or option number two, focus on Jesus' words so that she wouldn't miss it with all of her busyness. There's no evil option in this case. But as is often the case, good can be the enemy of great. And Mary was not going to let that happen. Let's look again at what Martha did. She not only served Jesus as her guest, but the very beginning of this passage, you see that she's the one that welcomed Jesus into the home to begin with. What Martha was doing was good. Many of us would agree with her complaint to have Mary's help. Our culture would absolutely celebrate Martha's work ethic. If we look closer, however, we can see that Martha's problem was threefold. First, 
Martha was distracted by all of the serving. Look at the first half of verse 40 again. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. Martha, in wanting to show love for Jesus by serving him, fails when she allows her busyness to become a distraction. I'm busy. You're busy. You know what? Everybody's busy. You ever met someone who's not busy or at least doesn't claim to be busy? Everybody's busy. You know, you can make a career as a private personal assistant because people are so busy they cannot manage their own calendar at home, let alone at work. Our culture is full of distractions. Think of all the things that get in the way of our relationship with Jesus. Desire for more money, desire for relationships, the comparison game on social media, sports, politics, our kids' activities. I mean, you name it, there's distractions everywhere. Some are desires while others are activities. And most of these things that I've named are good in and of themselves. But when they become a distraction from what is truly important, they go from good to bad. You know, I've not only seen people's relationship with God suffer as a result of overactivity, but I have seen marriages fall apart because a husband and a wife don't have time for each other due to their kids' travel sports activities. While many things factor into marital crisis, time and time again, I have seen where it all started with a drift apart between husband and wife due to busyness and often those busy activities involve having to go and be transportation for different activities for their children. They're so busy, they don't have time for one another, and there's a slow drift apart. The fact is that we make time for what is truly important. Being too busy for a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife or a parent or a child or a best friend, being too busy for any of those does not communicate our love for them. Neither does being too busy for spending time with the one who died for you. What is it that is distracting you from your relationship with Jesus? What can you ask him to help you change when it comes to priorities so that you make time for him? Think about your time alone with him. If you don't plan for it, I promise you it's not going to happen on its own. Are we too busy to set aside time to read God's word or to talk to him through prayer. You know, it doesn't matter how much you get involved with Christian activity if you aren't having your own time alone with God where he can actually reveal his truths to you and help you rest in him. Maybe, just maybe, we busy ourselves so we don't have to listen to what he is saying because what he's saying is not what we want to hear. What about corporate time with him alongside other believers in community at church? While we need time alone with him individually, we also need time in Christian community. You know, Pastor Dean, you've heard him say that Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Are our schedules too busy that we either have activities that prevent us from ever being able to come to church or we have so many activities that we're so exhausted that the last thing you want to do when you, on a Sunday morning is wake up, get ready, and come into church. 
I'll admit, during the pandemic, that was one of the nice features. Like, you know what? I don't have to get ready. I can just roll out and turn on the TV and watch church. It didn't take long to realize that's not true community. And all I'm doing is I'm bringing stuff in. I'm not giving anything out. And I'm not in actual community with, with other people. We need to be in community. We need to sing and speak truth to one another in community because we remind each other of the truth of the gospel. Not only do we get this from, from coming into a church service and, and singing songs and, and listening to God's word preached, but to one another, we need to remind each other of the truth of the gospel. It's so critical to have a place that we can be reminded of timeless truths that help us to know that one, we are not alone, and two, we're not crazy. And this is so refreshing and, and good to be encouraged by this in the face of a culture that has gone absolutely crazy. Again, it's not serving or working hard that is the problem. The problem is when this becomes an idol and a distraction away from Jesus. So we see that Martha's first problem is that she was distracted with all the serving. The second problem with Martha is, you've heard the expression, misery loves company. So Martha became demanding that Jesus tell Mary to help her. Look at the second half of verse 40. It says, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. Martha judges Mary because Mary is not doing what she is doing. Martha is not only miserable with her own busyness, she actually wants Mary to be miserable with her in being busy. It's amazing how we have invented so many time-saving devices, yet we are busier now than any previous generation. Instead of actually saving time, these devices spur us on to more productivity and more busyness as well as distraction. And we've gotten to a place in our culture where we brag about being busy. We wear busyness as a badge of honor. We expect some kind of trophy for being busy. And yet, we're miserable because of it. And so, we just want others to be miserable with us. Do we look with envy or irritation at those around us who seem to be at peace? Do we wonder why they appear content and we are not? You know, something else that's a little more subtle in this passage is the fact that Martha's busyness and her envy made her question the Lord. Don't you care? I mean, think about it. He's asking God in the flesh who has come in the flesh, who is going to live a perfect life, and is going to die on the cross for, for people like Martha. And yet Martha's looking at him saying, Lord, don't you care? And this is what busyness and envy can cause us to do. How, how many times could the same be said of us that we question God? Don't you care? Martha and we need to spend more time with the Lord if we begin to question his care for us because we've become too distracted. So we see that Martha was distracted with all the serving. We see that misery loves company. And so Martha was demanding that Mary join in that misery. And then third, Martha was worried and upset about the wrong things. Look at verse 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. 
You know, by repeating Martha's name in this verse, Jesus emphasizes the seriousness of her anxiety and her misplaced priorities. How many times has the Lord looked on me and said, Lance, Lance, chill out because you're just so anxious and worried and you have misplaced priorities. Martha is so worried and upset about being hospitable that she forgets to enjoy the company of her guest. Have you ever had someone coming over for a visit and you were so excited for them to come and finally visit and you're racing around the house, not only to the last minute, but even after they come in, you're still kind of, you're half listening, but you're doing tasks here and there just to make sure everything's in order and all that. And you've actually missed out on being with that person who's come to visit. While distractions outside the church are a problem for many of us, for others of us, there are distractions inside the church or even simply in our Christian busyness. As mentioned earlier, we're so worried, we're, we're so worried and upset about trying to get things done for the kingdom of God that we are missing out on what's truly important, the one who rules that kingdom. Maybe your problem is not that you are too busy for church. Maybe your problem is you're too busy with church. In other words, you're at a different Bible study every night of the week. You're serving on five different teams at the church. You're volunteering your time away to the point that you've forgotten why you have gotten involved in the first place. I can't tell you how thankful we are for our many volunteers who make things happen week after week. I mean, we just talked about we're going to need people to volunteer for Easter to make that happen. I mean, to pull off a service at the Civic Center, it takes a lot of people. To pull off a service here every week, three services, it takes a lot of people. Without our volunteers, it couldn't function. It couldn't be possible. So we are so thankful for volunteers. We're also thankful for many of you who are involved in city groups or Bible studies because we just talked about the importance of being in corporate community. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to just add one more thing to your plate that causes you to actually miss out on Jesus himself. You've stressed yourself out with busyness and Christian activities that you no longer have bandwidth for time with non-Christians, which we should be able to have that time because that's the gospel call for us. We don't have time for bandwidth with non-Christians and you don't even have time alone with Jesus himself. Like Martha, you've been so hospitable that you forget to enjoy the company of Jesus himself and the church is now just one more burden on your schedule instead of a time to listen to what he has to say to you. Let me just tell you something this morning. If you don't hear anything else, you've heard preachers say that before, and you're like, well, I haven't heard anything so far. Um, but when you think about this, if you don't hear anything else, Jesus doesn't need your busyness. He doesn't want your busyness. He wants you. He's not interested in what you can do for him he is interested in you. You can never do enough to earn his favor. His favor on you depends not upon who you are or what you've done. His favor on you depends upon 
who he is and what he has done for you on the cross by dying in your place. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, we all carry burdens, or what could be called yokes. This is not to be confused with the yellow inside of an egg. That's a yolk with an L in there. This is a yoke. Yokes were uh, really something that was laid on the shoulders of an animal to pull something like a plow. We're all carrying something on our shoulders. None of that compares to what Jesus has already carried on his shoulders for us, a wooden cross. He's offering the light and easy yoke of himself for us to carry. It doesn't mean following Jesus is going to be easy, but he's already carried the heaviest load for us. Not only does he say to take his yoke upon us, but that we are also to learn from him. This word learn is where we get the word disciple from. We are to be discipled by Jesus. And as we look at Martha, her problem again, it was threefold. Martha was distracted by all the serving. The fact that misery loves company, Martha wanted Mary to be miserable right alongside her. And then thirdly, Martha was worried and upset about all the wrong things. So when we look at Martha just at surface level in this passage, it, it doesn't look bad. Everything she does is, is good. But when you start looking at these three things that we've examined this morning, you could really sum these three problems of Martha up in one sentence. Martha chose good over great. Look at verse 42. Jesus said, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Martha finds this principle out of choosing, it. she needed to choose great instead of good. She found this out some 2,000 years before Jim Collins' best-selling business leadership book, Good to Great. All right, Mary is living this out. Martha is learning this principle for the first time, going from good to great. Being a great host to Jesus is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, being discipled by him, is a great thing. What Martha was doing was good. What Mary was doing was great. After Martha's complaint and demand that Jesus tell Mary to help her, Jesus' response tells it all. He says that one thing is necessary. That one thing was referring to being discipled by him. This echoes back to the Matthew 11 passage we looked at earlier. Mary understands that Jesus is going to give her rest. She's choosing to learn from Jesus, to be discipled by him. When Jesus comes to visit you, are you concerned with making your life look good to him? Are you caught in the whirlwind of activity that makes you look like you're doing important things for him, but you aren't really taking the time to listen to his words? His words are your very life. He speaks love and truth to you, 
but are you listening? Is he simply a guest or do you know him deeply? Are you a host or are you family? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, we would love to show you how. We have volunteers back in the care room out in our lobby that are there for that conversation. Take stock of your own life this morning. What is it that is good, but it's getting in the way of great? What is it that is keeping your schedule so busy that you don't have time for what is truly important? How might your life look differently if you started saying no to some things so that you can say yes to God and to what he knows is best for your life? Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for this story. In just a few verses, you just lay us open, Lord, with, with what's truly important. And God, we are so distracted by so many things the world is coming at us with all kinds of information all the time at lightning speed. It's providing so many alternatives. Lord, even inside the church, we can lose ourselves in busyness and activity. God, thank you for reminding us of what is essential. Lord, and that's to be sitting at your feet and learning what you would have to say about us. God, we thank you that we can't do enough to earn your favor because none of us can. We're thankful that you do it all yourself. And Lord, thank you for loving us enough to call us into relationship with yourself and to be the one that initiates that and carries us through. God, may we focus on who you are and your love for us. May we put aside the things that are distracting us from you and be able to focus on, on you, your love, and your mission for us. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.